0: All right, so I know you guys don't want to hear from me, but I just wanted to explain. We've been talking about the names of God in youth group over the last couple of months. And these, these young men and women that you're going to be hearing with, I gave them minimal instructions. They picked the name of God, and I said, you need to explain what the meaning of the name is, and I would like a story. Because that's how we're introduced to the names of God in the Bible. I'd like a story for you to introduce the name of God. And that's about it. Oh, in three minutes. So if we go over today, it's not my fault. All right, without further ado.
1: Greetings. How do you do or things? <laughs> okay, <laughs> so I'm Wesley and I'm in seventh grade, but some of you already knew that. So you might have remember Jim Bob a couple weeks ago talking about El Leon. So I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about that. So we talked about how El Elyon means God Most High. But what exactly does that mean for us as a church or just as Christians or just as somebody wanting to follow in God and his word? So there's an author named Ted Decker, and he's written a couple different novels. But there's one four-book series called The Circle that I found incredibly relatable to this. And I'm not going to go into full detail. You're going to have to read the book for yourself. But there's the, the main character is called Thomas, and the book basically recaps the Bible's story as a whole. And kind of near the end of the series, where the final days are, they have um, they have a devil basically, but he doesn't go by that name. He goes by a different name. And there are this group of people in the circle who are followers of Elion, and they actually call him Elion in the book. They don't add the first L, but still. And my phone did something weird. Okay, back to where we are. So they've been trying to follow him for the past 15, 20 years or so, but they've really gotten kind of tired of it. And they've been prosecuted and persecuted and all this stuff, and they've been hunted down. So they finally gotten sick of it, and half of them have joined forces with this other army, and the other half still want to remain faithful. So they've stayed behind, as the other half goes o- off to fight this war. So eventually, and this this war is part of the final days. So the demons, the they're bats. They're called the Shataiki or some weird something weird like that and the Rusharim, which are the angels, and they're all fighting each other, and the world is quite literally falling apart. And the devil's coming up, and um, Eliana's coming down, and all of this crazy stuff is happening. And it just makes you think. God would love you so much that he would come down and fight this big war for you, and he's just that powerful. El Elyon, God Most High, is that powerful. And Romans one twenty says, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to try." <laughs> for ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God has made. They can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. So I'm pretty sure that says he's pretty powerful. <laughs> So, it's again, it's crazy to think how this God who's so powerful through creating everything and knowing everything would still care about you. And you would also remember this quote from Jim Bob, Romans eight thirty-eight 30, uh, through 39. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above, the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to compare us, separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Where am I? Oh, yeah. So it's just that crazy to think that the God most high creator of everything will, loves us no matter what we do. And he will continue to fight our battles always. And I'm done. Yeah.
2: Um, hi, I'm Meredith. Um, and I'm in the eighth. beach was absolutely amazing, by the way. Um. Okay, so my, s- my sermon starts in, in the summer of 2019. I was a nine-year-old girl who was just thrilled to go to the beach for the very first time. Um, while we were in for- Florida, um, we were also able to w- go to Disney World. Um, we had a remarkable time there like any kid would. Um, But in the middle of our trip, my mom got sick and had my grandmother took her to the hospital. Um, While we were at the hospital, the rest of my family tried to keep us distracted with all the things at the Epcot Center. As fun as Epcot could be, we're all very worried and asked about my mom all day long. Fast forward to April of 2020, my parents broke the news, the official news that my mom had cancer. She had been fighting cancer for nine months before they, they told us. As a young girl, this is pretty hard information to take in. It was scary. I was scared for my mom. I was scared for me. I was scared for my brothers and sisters. Um, El Shida means almighty God. The The overpower, meaning that God will do anything as he proposes to do with overwhelming opposition. Some interpret Shida um, as sufficient, that, he, that he's enough to meet any need. He is power. He has great compassion. And sustains, he sustains, nourishes, and protects us. He takes our weaknesses and gives us strength. I began praying for my mom that she would be tough enough to defeat the cancer that was set upon her. So many people prayed for my mom and for us. Even on her hardest days, we knew that God was watching over her and her team of doctors. My mom is tough. She endured three rounds of chemo and multiple surgeries. But as tough as she is, we all know her strengths come from the Lord. He healed her, given her the body, her, her body the rest, and brought us great, just gave us basically what we needed. Um, I believe in the name Al-Shayda, our almighty God. In Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now all glory to God, who is able, through his almighty power that works within us, and accomplish indefinitely more than we might think or ask. So basically, means that he's there for us whenever we need it, and he will do anything, anything in his power to
3: Help us. Hi, my name is Chase Berkland, and I'm in the ninth grade. And I'm going to be talking about Jehovah Jariah. Jehovah Jariah means the Lord, our provider, meaning that God will always be with us and provide for our needs. From Jesus's sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6:25 through 33 This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear isn't life more than food and your body? More than clothing look at the birds they don't pu- they don't plant or harvest or stu- or store food in barns for your heavenly Father needs them or feeds them and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why are you worrying about your clothing? Look at all the lilies in the field and how they grow. They don't work or make clothing. Yes, Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat, what will we drink? What will we wear? These things will dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need.
4: Hello, everyone. Um, my name is Samuel Baker. Uh, I'm the son of Jim Bob, one of the pastors we have here, and I'm in the ninth grade um today i'm going to be talking about the name jehovah hasinu and this name means the lord our maker and one of the bible verses i found that goes pretty well with this verse is isaiah 64:8. this verse reads yet you lord are our father we are the clay you are the potter we are all the work of your hand now before we completely dive into that i'm tell you a little bit more about, my, about myself uh, i play football at my school southwest junior high more specifically i mostly play o-line and if you play football before or if you've heard people talk about it um, O-line is not the best. Uh, you feel like you're in 10 car crashes every game. And uh, most of the time you're overlooked. Um, but uh, most of the time, especially when I was first starting out playing football, um, I would always try and get out of playing it. And it took me all these re- years to realize that that's not my decision to make because if that's the coach's decision because he knows more about football than I ever will. And so we, I am expected to just go with what he teaches me and do go where he tells me to go. That is exactly how we are supposed to respond to God. He is Jehovah. He is Jehovah Hasinu, our maker. He knows more about us than we ever will. He made us by hand. So when every once in a while he'll he'll continue to mould you or make you throughout your life. And since he knows more about yourself than you do, why not follow it? And there's uh, the story that most of us grow up with Joan and the whale is a great example in the Bible of someone uh, someone not following those instructions given by God. I'm not going to go into full detail because I have three minutes on when Nathan to get mad at me. But <laughs> um, Jonah uh, didn't listen uh, to God telling him, yeah, yeah, I want you to go preach. And uh, Nineveh got on the boat opposite way to Tarshish, got in the storm, thrown overboard, swallowed by a whale for three days. Really not a good place to be in for him. But um, And that was all because he didn't listen to the person that knew more about him than he did. If you think about it, why wouldn't you listen to the people that know about something more than you do? So we are expected to do whatever is God's will. We do all of our decisions not by our judgment but by his because he is Jehovah Hasinu, our maker, and he made us by hand, and he continues to make us all the time, and he knows more about us than we ever will. Thank you.
5: coincidences are they a thing no for me sometimes it's hard to think that not everything hold on wait hold on (laughs) things aren't just for um a reason and that there's no reason for them but trust me there is everything is for a reason and we tend (laughs) sorry we tend (laughs) we tend to blame god for these things why you may ask well we're human. And we humans think to blame anyone but ourselves for the things that happen. And yes, while God is the creator of all these things, that doesn't mean that he did it to hurt you or make you feel bad. It's all in a good fun or for a reason. Let's say you are going to the store and you get a flat tire. And you get mad because you don't have the time for that. And you're like, I have to get to the store fast because my kid has gymnastics in 30 minutes. (laughs) Um, but then you find out the store got robbed and a lot of people were killed. Well, then you're very grateful for that flat tire. You're feeling an opinion for something can change so fast when you find out the true value of it and what could have happened if that certain thing did or didn't happen. A child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderf- Wonderful Counselor Mighty God El Gibor. I think. I don't, I keep saying it wrong. It's eternal father prince of peace so how does what i'm saying relate to him well (laughs) means mighty god and is a mighty warrior and when we think about it we can really see ourselves in him rather it's fighting through illness loss or something completely different We're all mighty warriors and it's to thank god for letting us become this guiding us through our life and caring for us and if you're still having a hard time believing that everything is for a reason how about a story So it's 2020, May 13th, a day I think we're all familiar with. It was fifth grade and I don't quite remember what they said, but I remember how they said that we would be out of school for two weeks. And once again, we saw how that turned out. So we started online school and we weren't going to church at the time. So I wasn't connected with God. How many of you feel that you weren't connected with God during lockdown? Just like, so it's 2021 and I go back to school instead of staying online. Biggest mistake of my life. <sighs> but everything happens for a reason, right? So I get through sixth grade, and it's not complete misery, but I knew one thing God was still not in my life. So finally, 2022, and we start going back to church more frequently, and my mom ends up signing me up for summer camp, aka Uplift. And if I'm being completely honest, I didn't want to go at all, and at the time, I didn't want anything that had to do with God. So I went to Uplift, and it was okay, and I feel a little more connected with God, but not by much. So it's eighth grade, and we go to church about every Sunday now, and it's pretty good. I started coming to youth group and connecting with the church more. So it's that time again, and this time I'm excited to go to Uplift, and I think I'm going to have an amazing time with everyone there, and we're just going to, you know, praise God, all that. So I go to Uplift 2023, and for the first time, I can really feel that God is there with me and that he's watching over me and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, on. So back to the present, I'm in ninth grade, and I come to church and youth group every Sunday, unless I'm sick, which happens a lot. And I'm with God. All my relationships are at their highest, and it has been a great month. And I forgot to say, but I'm Casey.
6: Hey, everybody, if we haven't met, I'm Haley, um, I'm in 10th grade. And today I'll be sharing an experience with Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Now, we've all had our fair share of scrapes and bruises. But have you ever sled down a steep, ice covered hill, crashed into a metal pole, and be told you would never walk again? I really hope not. Now, this story isn't about me personally, but it is about my best friend, Mackenzie, though I call her Mac. Last winter, Mackenzie and a few of our friends were sledding down some steep hills near her house but one of our friends wanted to sled down the steepest hill. As they discovered later, that hill wasn't covered in snow like the others, it was covered in ice. Mac and another friend hopped on the sled and pushed off. The friend on the back quickly realized they were sledding on ice and jumped off, spinning Mac all the way down until she hit a metal pole at the end, leaving her unconscious. She shattered her elbow, thumb, and ankle, had a huge gash above her left eyebrow, a fractured skull, and plenty of brain damage. Uh, After a little while in the hospital, the doctor said that there was a high chance she wouldn't be able to walk or see again. As you would imagine, it was a very scary time for everyone. None of us knew if she would ever be the same again. In those times, we turned to prayer and held on to the words of Matthew 4, 23 through 24, which say, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom, and healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Then, against all expectations and through the healing powers of Jehovah Rapha, just a few weeks after the accident, Mac defied all odds. She stood, she walked, and she could see, but nobody could explain it. After a few more months of recovery, she's better than ever and back in theater with the rest of our friends, playing the best ever, Emily Hobbs, and Elf the Musical, showcasing the miraculous healing of Jehovah Rapha.
0: Didn't they do such a good job? Let's give them a hand again. You know, I don't think it would be um, appropriate to have a youth Sunday without quoting first Timothy, if we can get that verse up there. You guys might be familiar with this one. We hear it anytime we talk about the youth, but Paul is writing to a young missionary that he helped disciple, convert to Christianity. And then Timothy took over at a, of a church. He said, teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you were young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Man, that's a good verse for youth. But I think it reveals something about God's nature that we can all take to heart. God doesn't necessarily have a specific preference in how he reveals himself and his character. He doesn't prefer the old. He doesn't prefer the young. He doesn't prefer the educated. He doesn't prefer the uneducated. He doesn't have a specific race that he prefers or gender that he prefers. Sometimes it even seems like he doesn't even have a species he prefers because he he talked through a donkey. I think when it comes to preference, the only preference God has when it comes to His revelation is that He wants to reveal Himself to you personally, to you. That the Creator of the universe, who's all powerful, all knowing, ever present wants to reveal himself to you. And then that revelation gets poured out into those people around you. This this encouragement that he gives Timothy, he kind of expounds on it a little bit more in the second letter that he writes. Right near the beginning, we read Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your genuine faith, for you shared the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gifts God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. God is revealing himself to these young men and women, but they are following in the footsteps of their parents and their grandparents and their spiritual parents and their spiritual grandparents. And that's why we come together and support these young men and women who are being empowered with boldness to share God's love for them. So we thank you guys for all the support you give our youth and they have one more song to bless us with. So I'm gonna pray as they come back up on stage. Father, we... Thank you that you reveal yourself to us, that you have no preference on age, but that you reveal yourself to the meek and the lowly and the humble and the young and the old, and that you give us the privilege and grace to know you, to get to know our maker, our righteousness, our healer, our provider, that you are everything to us for your glory. And we call on your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Y'all stand up, let's sing.